What is the difference between equality and equity? Well, I'm glad you asked. We're going to answer that on the show along with the death of feminism as we know it. Hey, it's Lucas Scrobot, and you're listening to Lucas Scrobot Show, where we uncover purpose, pursue truth, and own the future. Today, we are going to be talking about these three things, equity, equality, and really the, this, the, the trans agenda, the trans movement, which has effectively killed feminism as we know. And now there's many different waves of feminism. And it's very interesting when you, when you look at the history of feminism to see how some of these waves don't agree with one another. Feminism really started with the, the women's right to vote and right to work and saying women are equal to men. And alhamdulillah, like, like praise God, that has happened in the earth. And then different waves of feminism had different pushes and, and different uh, emphases that they placed on it. Well, right now in the earth, we're seeing another wave, and some people call it, um, you know, a form of feminism. It kind of spun out of probably now the fourth or fifth wave of feminism, which is the LGBTQ plus trans agenda, which is saying that a biological male with an X and a Y chromosome can choose at any moment that they identify as a female. They can say, my, my gender has changed. I now identify as a, you know, fill in the blank. When you talk to people and ask, well, just how many genders are there? They're like, well, I guess, you know, there could be an infinite amount of genders. I mean, and they're fluid. So it's gender fluidity. So I can be a, 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 a she today and a, a he tomorrow and a they's, them's, you, you name it. it. It is not anything that is really definable. In fact, by the very nature of it, they say it's totally undefinable. Your gender is not definable. Um, so when we, we, we take this and we say, I, as a biological male with an X and a Y chromosome, and maybe you are a female with an X and an X chromosome, we can say biologically we have distinct differences. We are different species. We're different specimens, different sex of the human race. And we have different biological parts. We have different biological makeup. We have different biological hormones. We, 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 our brains are wired differently. Our, 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 there's five big indicators of personality types, five big traits. And men and women XY and XX chromosome people vary differently, very much so along those big five traits. And we've covered those here on the show. And now the reason that we're talking about this is due to the executive order that President Biden recently passed in America. Now, be before you turn off this episode and say, oh, I'm so sick and tired of politics, because guess what? I am so sick and tired. I'm so sick and tired of politics, but po politics help us. It's like the it's like the stream that flows from culture. And when we look at politics, it's often a clear way to understand what is happening on a bigger scale 
in culture. It's it's a, a litmus, litmus test to say these are the thoughts, the persuasions in the ether of culture, not just in America, but these thoughts have been pervasive throughout Europe. And we know, we know the influence that America has on policy worldwide. We know the influence that the UN has on policy worldwide. And if it, we know the influence that Hollywood has on culture worldwide, that media, that big tech has on culture worldwide. We just talked about this multiple times in the last few episodes with Chirag, where we talked about India and we talked about Uganda both taking a stand up to big tech and we look at Poland as well taking a stand up to big tech and say no actually we're not going to allow you to manipulate our populations or our elections we we are going to take a stand so we know that if these things are happening in culture because it's not just politics it is culture and this culture may not be reaching you where you are but i at least from what I have seen with engagements on social media, that this this topic is not isolated to the to the Western Northern Hemisphere. It's not isolated to America, Canada, and Europe, but it is it is spreading throughout the global South. It is spreading throughout the Northeast, Middle East, Africa area. It is spreading throughout the world, and we need to know, we need to know how to position ourselves, how to think about some of these issues, and not just how to become, you know, stringent and bigoted or or going to one side, but how can we sit and stand in the radical middle so that we can actually be a, a, a positive influence on culture, so that we can bring forth something that might actually be a solution rather than more polarized stances on both sides of the issue. So what what is the exact issue? What is the exact thing that happened in America? Well, President, the new President of the United States, President Joe Biden, issued a new executive order saying that trans children should be able to learn without worrying about whether they will be denied access to the restroom, the locker room, or school sports. He essentially included transsexuals who are, so a, a trans, this is, it's very confusing, a trans woman is a biological male who decided he is now a she, and a trans man is a biological woman who decided she is now a he. So when you see the trans in front of the man or woman, it means their biological sex is different than what they identify with. I always get confused by that. Maybe you do too. So what he's saying is that trans are now included underneath the Civil Rights Act, which says African-Americans, black people, people of any color cannot be denied access to restrooms or locker rooms or school sports. Because before in America, we had this horrible thing called segregation, where people were segregated, said, hey, you're of a different color, 
So you need to use that bathroom. You're of a different color, so you can only play in these sports. In America, we said, actually, we don't like that. We don't, we don't like that because we see, just like many, like mostly the entire world, sees people as equal. We say, you're a human being. I'm a human being. We're equal. We don't need to discriminate and have separate bathrooms and segregate one another. But we can use the same bathroom because I'm a biological male. You're a biological male. It's clear. Maybe our, our skin tones are different, but we don't need to discriminate against that. So he, the executive order brought it in under the Civil Rights Act, which essentially then says, if you are a minor, if you are under the age of 18 and you are a male, biological male, and one day at the age of 16, you wake up and say, nope, I identify as a female without any surgery, without any hormone blockers. Maybe you've already gone through puberty, but you, in your heart of hearts, identify as a female. You can now enter the ladies' bathroom. You can now enter the women's locker room. You can now enter female sports competitions and you can win them all and if anyone would dare say anything it will be labeled a hate crime it would be labeled racism it would be labeled homophobia or transphobia any anything you add a phobia to the end of it and that's what it will be speaking out against this probably already or will be labeled as hate and offensive speech, bigoted speech, and unacceptable in society. Now, this is a, a big issue because in America, and I think most of the world, most of the people that I interact with in the world, and that is, is vast. It's from Southeast Asia to across Europe, through the Middle East, North Africa, these are the areas of, of people that I engage with. And everyone that I engage with says, you know, we shouldn't bully. We, we shouldn't discriminate against these people. And actually, in the United States, it's a law that says, hey, you cannot discriminate and fire someone based on their sexual orientation. So we already have laws. And the American culture has already said, yes, we, we do not want to be allowed to discriminate against someone based on their sexual identity. So it's already in law. But it is pushing further, and the consequences are quite, quite dire. So this week, I received an email from a friend on this topic from a columnist named Andrew Sullivan, who is a left-wing columnist, very liberal, who as a lot of harsh words to say about former President Donald Trump, and is very hopeful about Biden, although he thinks he got off to a little bit of a rough start. Now, I've been sending this article around to a few different people because it is so well articulated from a very liberal, uh, centrist point of view that it's not just a right-winged you know, whatever people are calling right-wingers, alt-right source who just loved President Donald Trump to death, but it's someone from 
what I view as a very rational center while still being very liberal. And I wanted to read some excerpts from his piece as it was so great. So he starts with this towards the middle of the article. He says, Biden has also signaled and by executive order has already launched a very sharp departure from liberalism in his approach to civil rights. The vast majority of Americans support laws that protect minorities from discrimination so that every American can have equality of opportunity without their own talents being held back by prejudice. But Biden's speech and executive orders come from a very different place. They explicitly replace the idea of equality in favor of what anti-liberal critical theorists call equity. They junk equality of opportunity in favor for equality of outcomes. Most people won't notice that this is a new concept that has been introduced. Equity, equality, it all sounds the same, but soon they will find out the difference. In critical theory, as James Lindsay explains, equality means that citizen A and citizen B are treated equally, while equity means adjusting shares in order to make citizen A and citizen B equal. Here's how Biden defines equity. The consistent and systematic, fair, just, and impartial treatment of all individuals, including individuals who belong to underserved communities that have been denied such treatments such as Black, Latino, Indigenous, and Native American persons, Asian Americans, and Pacific Islanders, and other persons of colors, members of religious minorities, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer, LTBTQ plus persons, persons with disabilities, persons who live in rural areas, and persons otherwise adversely affected by persistent poverty or inequality. In less tortured English, equity means giving the named identity groups a specific advantage in treatment by the federal government over other groups in order to make up for historic injustice and quote-unquote systematic oppression. Without equity, the argument runs, there can be no real equality of opportunity. Equity, therefore, comes first until equity is reached. Equality is postponed, perhaps forever. Now, this is a, a very telling quote right here because it's what it's saying is that until everyone has an equality of outcome, we cannot have an equal society. We actually need to give advantages to some people and disadvantages to other people based on the specific identity groups that we think belong in each group. So if you are a white, cis, white, cisgender, Christian male like I am, well, guess what? Sorry, you have so much privilege. You have white privilege, and therefore we are going to handicap you so you can't get as far. And we're going to take someone else that is not in that category, but in, let's say, they're transgendered. Okay, well, we are going to give them extra opportunity. We're going to treat each group unequally so that hopefully we can have equal outcome. But did you know 
Did you know that people who live near water, near the coast, live about 10% longer than people who lived in landlocked places? So how do, we, how do we do that? Are we going to take people who live by the coast and somehow you know, find the mean age and once they reach it, it's like, well, sorry, that's enough for you because we need to have an equal outcome. Or did you know that the firstborn in a family makes 40% more and has a higher IQ than the secondborn and the thirdborn and the fourthborn? That if you're born first in the same family, you're going to have a better outcome just because of a natural advantage that you happen to have. So how, I ask, if we can't even have that in a single family, if in a family where you have lots of the same genetic traits, you have lots of the same parenting traits, you have lots of the same environment that the kids grow up in, probably going to the same school, how, and if you have differences there, how on earth are we going to ever reach equity among a people in a city or a nation or a neighborhood? How, I'll tell you how, it is not possible. It's just not possible because we are different people who make different choices and will have different outcomes, but that doesn't change the fact that you and I are equal individuals. Here is how Madam Vice President Kamala Harris describes equity versus equality. So there's a big difference between equality and equity. Equality suggests, oh, everyone should get the same amount. The problem with that, not everybody's starting out from the same place. So if we're all getting the same amount, but you started out back there and I started out over here, we can get the same amount, but you're still gonna be that far back behind me. It's about giving people the resources and the support they need so that everyone can be on equal footing and then compete on equal footing. Equitable treatment means we all end up at the same place. Now, this is a very popular clip. It has gone around a lot. You've probably seen it. There's a couple issues with her argument. One of the biggest issues was saying, well, if we're all given the same amount, but we didn't all start in the same place, well, we're not going to all end up in the same place. Now, I can see how that argument can, on its face, make sense. And it feels good, right? It feels good to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to, we're going to, change things and we're going to discriminate against some to help others. But part of this premise comes in is when you believe that there is a zero-sum game that's being played, that if I have something that you cannot have something, then, well, of course, if we start off at the wrong place, you can't receive as much as I do. But the issue is that even when we do start off at the same place, even when we're born into the same family, we are going to have different outcomes because we are different people and equity, an equal outcome is never reached. But there, there is a way to help people who maybe don't have the same start in life that others do. So Andrew Sullivan goes on to talk about that. He says, helping 
level up regions and populations that have experienced greater neglect or discrimination in the past is a good thing. Yeah, I agree. We, we should help people. Why not? But you could achieve this if you simply focused on relieving poverty in the relevant communities. You could invest in schools, reform policy, target environmental cleanups, grow the economy, increase federal attention to the neglected, and thereby help the needy in precisely these groups. But that would not reflect critical theories' insistence that race and identity trumps class, and that America itself is inherently, from top to bottom, a white supremacist country, and Biden just endorsed that with gusto. So what Andrew is saying here is that, well, it is not just people of certain identity groups, but it's also mostly class. It's based on where you live. You know, in America, there's actually a large amount of white people who live below poverty. So why don't we help the neighborhoods that are impoverished and everyone in those neighborhoods rather than picking and choosing based on identity politics and identity groups in those neighborhoods? Because we are more than just our identity group. Andrew goes on to say the paradox, of course, is that to achieve equity, you have to first take away equality. To achieve equity, you first have to take away equality for individuals who were born in the wrong identity groups. Equity means treating individuals unequally so that groups are equal. How do we know when equity has been achieved? That's a very good question. It seems to me that the only definition of equity that works is that all groups are represented in federal policies in proportion to their share of population or more so since equity can also require overrepresentation of those groups to make up for the past. The fact that an individual born, say in the early 21st century, has no personal or moral connection to slavery or segregation, a contraire, is irrelevant. She must pay for the sins of her race. Biden is therefore enforcing Ibrahim X. Kendi's view that the only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. That's right. The only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. And he's enforcing it across the entire federal government and any institution the federal government funds. America is no longer about individual freedom, but it is about identity group power and its consistent management by government. Biden's executive order on the LGBTQ plus is also taken directly from critical gender and queer theory. Take the trans question. Most decent people support laws that protect transgendered people from discrimination, which after the Bostock decision is already the law on the land. And the Bostock decision was a court case where a man was fired when he expressed interest in a gay softball league. And so he was fired from his job. He sued and he won in court saying that a 
company cannot discriminate based on sexual orientation. But, Sullivan goes on, this is not enough for Biden. He takes the view that the law should go further and insists that trans women who are biological men who've decided they are women are absolutely indistinguishable from biological women. Biden is insisting that trans women are absolutely indistinguishable from biological women, which erases any means of enforcing laws that defend biological women as a class. If your sex is merely what you say it is, without any reference to bi biological reality, then it is no longer sex at all. It is gender, period, and it's socially constructed all the way down. So with this new law, with this new law, what is happening is saying, mm, men who say that they're women who identify as a woman in their gender, they are no different than biological women. They're exactly the same. And therefore, we're going to treat them the same under the law. But by doing so, it strips biological women of all of the rights that they have as a class of biological women. It essentially destroys feminism. It destroys feminism. It destroys everything that many have been working towards in protecting women's rights, in protecting abused women, in, in supporting the, the gender pay gap. And we've talked about that here, but it's, it's, it goes against all of these things because it's saying that it's, it's all socially constructed. So if it's all socially constructed and biology doesn't matter, then science doesn't matter. It's a complete departure from science, a complete departure from science. He goes on, most of the time, you can ignore this insanity and celebrate greater visibility and protection for trans people. But in a few areas, biology matters. Some traumatized women who have been abused by men do not want to be around biological males in prisons or shelters, even if they identify as women. I think these women should be accommodated. There are also places where we have segregated by sex, like in showers and locker rooms for privacy reasons. I think that allowing naked biological men and boys to be in the same shower as naked biological women and girls is asking for trouble, especially among teens, which is that is what this law does. It says if a 16-year-old boy identifies as a woman, he is now allowed in the women's and the girls' locker room in their high school. But for Biden, this is a non-negotiable and all objections. This objection right here is a function of bigotry. So if you believe that biological men who one day wake up, or from a young age, it doesn't matter, wake up and say, you know what? I feel like a woman and therefore I'm going to play in women's sports. I'm going to play in girls sports and I'm going to go into the girls locker room. If you object, you are now a, a hateful bigot. 
Sullivan goes on and says, in sports, the difference between the physiology of men and women makes a big difference. Science, guys and girls, science makes a big difference. That's the entire point of having separate male and female sports. In the first place, sure, you can suppress or enhance hormones, but you will never overcome the inherited permanent effects of estrogen and testosterone on childhood and adolescence. Male and female bodies are radically different because without that difference, our entire species would not exist. Meaning we have different organs. Our bodies are different so that we can reproduce and have more kids so so that we can operate in a society together and take different roles and responsibilities as men and as women. Without that, biologically, the human race would not be here today. Replacing sex with gender threatens women's sports for that simple reason. For good measure, Biden also pledges to remove any protection for orthodox religious freedoms and individual conscience in the LTBTQ plus areas in his proposed Equity Act, which repeals the relevant sections of Biden's own Religious Freedom Restoration Act and also makes sex indistinguishable from gender. It makes sex completely indistinguishable from gender. Now, this could seem like a lot of U.S. politics, but this is a huge, if this continues to go forward, this is a huge shift uh, that we could see ripple throughout global culture, global thought, not just in America, not just in Canada, but in Europe, and not just in Europe, but it will trickle over to places like here in the Middle East or in India. Why? Because One, we're connected through media, and two, it's already happening. Already on my feed, I'm seeing people who, because this is now put forward, are saying, well, yeah, maybe that does make sense. Yeah, well, 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 maybe maybe biological boys who say that they're girls should be able to be in women's sports and should be able to go into the locker rooms. and, And there is no difference in the science between XX chromosomes and XY chromosomes. And notice at the end there, it's also saying that Biden is planning to strip religious freedoms so that as a religion, if you're a Christian, if you're a Muslim, you can no longer say, actually, our religion says that this is wrong. Actually, you know, we don't want this trans woman teaching our kids in the synagogue. We don't want this trans woman teaching our kids in the mosques, in the churches. We don't want this. But this is what will come down the pipe. And it doesn't matter who or where you are in America, this will come down the pipe. And if you're not in America, this is what's coming down the pipe of culture. It's already been in the pipe of culture, and we need to know how to deal with it, which is exactly what we are going to do in our next section. Well, 
Welcome back to the show, Weaver and Loom, the section of the show where we take ancient quotes and we weave it in with the issues of our everyday life. We have been talking about transgender issues. How do we deal with this? Clearly, at least clear from my position and clear from the science position of biology that a biological man is a biological man and a biological woman is a biological woman. And if a man wakes up one day and says, mm, I'm a woman, well, I'm sorry, I can still look at your DNA and I can still see that you are biologically composed of X and Y chromosomes. You are categorically different than a biological woman. So how, how do we, as people who, well, we don't want to be hateful. We, we don't want to be mean. We all agree that bullying is wrong. We agree that hate crimes is wrong, that crimes against people who are different than us or discrimination against people that are different than us is wrong. But at the same time, we agree that mm, I don't really want biological males in my daughter's bathroom. I don't have a daughter, but if I did, I wouldn't want them in my daughter's bathroom. And then the argument that I've received could be, well, if your kids was trans, your argument would be different. It would be like, well, no, actually, if that was the case, I, I wouldn't have a different argument. Why? Because we learn and we teach our children to actually respect other people. And so I would say, mm, actually, you can't go into the woman's bathroom because you have an X and a Y chromosome, and that is for X and X chromosome. I understand that today you feel like your gender is fluid and you feel like you are a different person, but that doesn't change the scientific biological fact of who you were born to be. And that's something that God chooses in our life, not something that we are able to choose. Likewise, I say, sorry, you can't enter women's sports. You are biologically different. You are stronger. You would probably defeat each and every one of them just on the basis of your differences between the genders, between the sexes. Did you know that the top-seeded women's tennis player cannot beat in a match the 200-seed male player because of the biological differences between men and women. So how, how do people like you and I, who we really do have hearts of compassion, we, we want to do the right thing, we want to love people, we want to be generous and kind to people who are not like us, while at the same time we want to hang on to our moral bearings, we want to hang on to what we believe is true without having to apologize. Well, the quote for today comes from the one and only Jesus Christ. And the quote is this, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Now, this is the, the normal, uh, well-known English version of the golden rule. But guess what? This golden rule is in the Hadith. This golden, which is, for those who don't know what the Hadith is, it's a book of sayings of uh, Muhammad the prophet, of what they believe he said and the, the things that it was passed down. He said something very similar. Don't do to other people what you don't want to be done to yourself. This is, is seen as in Hinduism, in Taoism, in, in, 
in Buddhism, it is seen in ancient cultures going all the way back to well before the time of Christ. This golden rule goes through all of philosophy. It goes through all of every religion in one way, shape, form, or another, which is don't do to other people's as you would not want them to do you and to do to others as you would want them to do to you. Now, this could cut both ways. The argument right here could be, well, you probably wouldn't want someone to discriminate against you, so you should let them into that bathroom. Okay, I can see that argument, while at the same time, we have to think about the people whose rights are being infringed upon to prefer one group of people, one small group of people, and we're essentially wiping out the rights of the entire classification of biological females. They no longer would have rights. Another thing that we would, would I would consider when looking at this quote is saying, well, what, what, what do we really want to be done to us What do I want to be done to me as a human being? If I was living in a certain way and going down a certain road, if I was morbidly obese and going to die and I went to a doctor, I would want the doctor or I would want my friend to say, hey, Lucas, your BMI is 45. You are going to die of a very early age. You have cholesterol problems. You are not healthy. And I said, well, fat is fit. He said, no, it's not. You are, you have issues. You have deep issues that mm, you need to do something about. I want people to speak the truth to me. If I'm in my business, I want people to speak the truth to me on the show. I want people to speak the truth to me because I do not want to go through life just having people tell me what I want to hear. So it's the speaking of the truth. It's saying, actually, I understand that you feel like your gender is something else, but this goes against logic and common sense, and you are a biological male or a biological female. Sorry, you cannot go into that bathroom because that is for biological male or biological females. The other thing is, Speaking the truth in love. Now, I see this going in two directions across the globe. I see in society, there will either be a strong backlash against this in some regions and areas of the world, or there will be a further acceptance of this. And with that, I I can see both sides becoming harsher against the side that they disagree with. So, for instance, in the West, in America... The way that it looks like it's going is that there will be a a lot of discrimination against those who disagree with these new laws. Likewise, in other places of the world, as the pressure grows and as societies hold on to their moral bearings, the, the potential trap would be that people would begin to discriminate against these minority communities in in hurtful, prejudiced ways. So how can we walk in that middle? How can we be not on one side or the other side, but say, 
hey, I can love you as an individual. I cannot be prejudiced or hateful towards you. While at the same time, we can disagree about lifestyle. We can disagree about what we can and cannot do. And we can still hold on to our moral beliefs. We can still hold on to our ethical beliefs. We do not have to give up our, our philosophical understanding of the reality of the world. We don't have to give up biology and science and nod our head and say, yes, you are no, you are not indistinguishable from a biological man or a woman. There is no difference. You are, gender is fluid. You can be who you want to be. So these are, are times that we live in where these, these ideas have much more far-reaching consequences than just politics. But this is culture. This may not be happening where we're living right now, but in one or two generations, if we do not figure out how to stand up and in a loving way hold a boundary line, in, in a loving way say this is where our moral bearings are, and if you fall outside of that, we're not going to be prejudiced against you, but we're not going to change the laws in our nation to put half of the population at risk because you feel like your gender is fluid or whatever other thing comes down the pipe in culture. That's all for today's episode. Thank you for being here with me. If you hated or loved this episode, please share it with a friend. Text it, WhatsApp it, signal it, telegram it to someone that you love. They would feel so loved getting something from you today. I guarantee that. That's all. Remember, you are a truth seeker, someone that walks in the radical middle because that is the place that we find purpose. So go out and own your future.